when we moved in last week, we started this series called Open Heart. The idea just kind of taking the picture of what happened in the building and applying that to our lives. And that was really a powerful for me last week just to think about how God works and to think about each one of us. You know, there's so many individual stories in the room tonight, but the one thing that's true about all of us tonight is that God wants to do some amazing renovation in you and in me. God isn't finished with any of us. He's not happy about, you know, where we are necessarily in the fact that, oh, this is the finished product. Jesus said that he had promised to us that this work that he started in us, that he would complete the work that he had begun in us. So there's not any place in life on this earth that you get to where you go, okay, I'm done. You know, I met Christ, I believed in Christ, and I've, I've understood some things about Christ, and now I'm, I'm done. That, that point never comes for any of us until we actually see him face to face. And in the twinkle of an eye, the scripture says we're changed into his very likeness. But all along the way is a process, right? And so none of us are all the way there yet. Can we just say that together? Can you look at your, your neighbor, your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, your kids, your parents, and say, hey, I've been telling you, I'm not all the way there yet. I'm not finished yet. I'm not everything I'm gonna be. I'm not everything God intended for me. Some of you are taking that a little more boldly than I intended. Um, I see a few conversations were happening on the way to church tonight, which I understand. That's great. But see, the process is transformation, that, that's the process. The goal is that you and I would be conformed to the image of Christ. So the goal isn't that you join a church or get better or don't do something that you were doing or start doing something right. The goal is that you and I would look more and more like Christ. I know that's crazy, I know, I'm, I know me, that's a crazy goal. But that's what God has in mind. That's how far grace can carry you and me. So if you bogged out down on like level B, you know, sub B, like the, the parking level down there, you know, you're not even at lobby right now, and you've sort of leveled off and just given in and capitulated to the, the processes of life that sort of dragged you back to that place, I'm telling you tonight, that is not what God has planned for you. And it doesn't matter what is stacked on top of you? Because we are celebrating the risen Christ tonight. And so if Easter hasn't happened, then maybe you can only go up about eight more inches. But if Easter is true, then you can go as high as God wants you to. If the grave really is open, then there is no upside to how far God can take you in the process of conforming you into the image of Christ. And we talked a little bit about that last week with relationship to this building and to the transformation that happened in this space as we're repurposing this old abandoned retail space for something that can bring good to the community and to the world. But hey, here's the thing we talked about last week. The transformation is not skin deep. And yours won't be either. We talked last week about ME and P if you weren't here. It's mechanical, electrical, and plumbing, and that's the guts of the stuff that you don't really see, but you really appreciate it because the fact that you feel any air conditioning right now is happening because of that, any of this stuff that's working electrically, the fact that you flushed a toilet, if you flushed one in here tonight, a lot of that was the guts of the stuff. Highly expensive, invisible to most people who show up on the scene in terms of perception, but it's the, it's the innards of the building. And it's the place where you start blowing stuff up and literally busting up things so that you can then put in what allows this place to function the way that we dreamed that it would. And it's no different with me. When God wants to do a transformation in me, it's not skin deep. 
He wants to get down into the M, E, and P of me and to get down where you have to break up things so then he can put in the very heart of us the things that will allow us to function the way that he dreamed. That was all last week. Tonight I wanna to start talking about some of that M, E, and P, and I wanna focus on one thing in particular because I feel like for a lot of us tonight to really start feeling forward. You know what I'm talking about? To start feeling future, not past, not back there, not back when, not something, not you know those days that keep pulling us back, but to feel forward and to feel future a lot of us have got to get down deep into a place where there's a wound, where something was done to us or said to us that hurt us. And we stopped our forward progress right then and there. And you've tried all the exterior stuff. You know, you met someone, you got married, guess what? Still there. You got a new job and all of a sudden you're making a little bit more money and you're able to get that house you guys have been dreaming about, but guess what? Still there. You tried, you know, crazy things. You've jumped out of airplanes. You've, you know, you've gone uh, wakeboarding out in shark-infested waters. You, you've tried all these different experiences. Still there. For some of you not married, you've been through a lot of different relationships. Still there. That's because... It's M, E, and P territory, and you can't make an external change. You can't just change circumstance, scenery, environment, or people. You got to get down to the heart of the matter. You got to get down there to where the wound is, and our nature is not to do that, right? Our nature is totally contrary to that. Our nature, when we're wounded, for most of us, I know there, there, there are some people that are very wound-oriented people, and when they get a wound, you know, you know what I'm talking about? They, they stump their toe, you know, and they're, they're walking around the rest of the week, you know, with you know, crutches, and you know, they look, man, I stumped my toe, it's pretty bad, you know, it's scraped. Well, you, you can, we used to could see it. I mean, you can kind of still see it, you know. There's some wound-oriented people, I, I know, but, but most humanity is wound-averse. And especially when it's a wound of our soul, of our heart, of our person. I mean, all guys like to show off their scars and anybody wants to show off stitches if you get them. But when something's done to us deep down, a lot of the time what we wanna do is we wanna quickly as we can kind of put that steely face on and say, that didn't hurt me. And I'm not gonna talk about it anymore. And I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna act like that never happened. I'm gonna act like you never happened. I'm gonna act like that space didn't occur. And I'm just gonna put that off, off the plate. But the problem is, is that, that wounds don't work like that. Wounds start with some kind of irritant. And that irritant is gonna work its way up to the skin if it takes it a lifetime. And until we're willing to A, admit, I got hurt. I got hurt. What you said hurt me. The way that you said it hurt me. What you didn't say, what you never said hurt me. What you did hurt me. That's clear as a bell. Everyone knows that. Or maybe what you did hurt me and no one knew that it hurt me, but it hurt me the same. And until we're, we're willing to say that, I got hurt. 
until we're willing to start at that MEP place, then there's not really gonna be any real transformation happen in us. We can just keep putting the veneer up layer after layer after layer, but we're gonna be the same old person trapped inside of that exterior. And that's not God's dream for you. And it's not his dream for me. We've been looking in this passage in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter five, and if you've got um, a scripture tonight, I just wanna look at it one more time. It's, been, it's such a great springboard for what we're talking about, and especially tonight as we talk about forgiveness. And at the end of the talk tonight, we're gonna have an opportunity for us to really get our hands around this thing. Either on the one hand of, I've never really allowed God to forgive me for the wrong that I have done, and that's definitely gonna be some people in the house tonight. But on the other hand, I've never really been willing to move forward and to forgive people for the wrongs that have been done to me. And both of those things are on offer tonight. Both of those things are on the table tonight because of Jesus Christ. Both the forgiveness that you didn't think you ever could really fully embrace, that's on the table tonight. And the supernatural power because of Christ for you to actually cut somebody else free from the wrong that they have done to you and in effect cut yourself free to move forward into the future of what God has for you. We were reading some of this last week, but just picking it up in verse 17, 2 Corinthians chapter five. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now that's that whole transformation thing we talked about. The old is gone and the new has come. And there's an exclamation point there. And if you hadn't been around much of our teaching here, we like punctuation here. And so you can't read that with some, you know, dour little Sunday school face. I mean, that's just not like, okay, dearly beloved, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. No, no, that, that's not the text. That's not the heart. What Paul is trying to say is, are you getting this? Unbelievable. When we get in Christ, everything changes and all the old stuff of us, everything that was old about us and everything old done to us, actually, all that has been washed into this huge ocean of grace. And when we came out the other side of this ocean of grace, everything was different. Everything with God was different. Everything about who we are and our identity was different. Everything changed when we went through the ocean of grace. It's brand spanking new. It's all on. And it's a different game. And he's like so fired up and excited like I am. And um, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll dial it down a little bit. Uh, but that, that's what the text is trying to say right there. And then it starts unpacking it for us in verse 18. All this is from God. So all this new, all this change, this came from God, not from us, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, verse 19, and here comes the big, big one for me. We talked about it last week, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. In other words, can I just put this right out there? The only person who really has a right to be all that hacked off about anything, the only person in the whole world, honestly, who's been wronged at the highest level of being wronged, because we're talking about a holy, a righteous God who's full of love and full of mercy, who created people out of nothing with his own image, put his own spirit in them, set them on a path to know and love him and live with him forever. That's all God did. 
And what God got back from us was a whole lot of rebellion, a whole lot of attitude, a whole lot of I know better, my way's a better way, this path's a better path, I don't really need you this time. That's what he got back from us and worse. And he says, and by the way, here, here's the new message. Uh, I, I am, uh, I'm in the world. That's a, a miracle. I'm in the world in this body of Jesus. And I'm reconciling the whole world to me through him. I'm choosing because you couldn't choose to reconcile yourself to me. You couldn't initiate that process. So I am initiating the reconciliation process with you through Christ. I'm coming for you. And then here comes the phrase, so amazing. Not counting men's sins against them. Wow. There's so many people in the world who think it's exactly the opposite, don't they? They're pretty sure the gospel goes like this. I do believe there's a God. I try not to think about it because I'm pretty sure he's hacked off right now at me. And I'm pretty sure as soon as he gets the opportunity, he's gonna drop the bomb on me. And I'm going to be obliterated. And I'm just hoping it's not today. They think that's God. They think that's what's happening. They think that's his heart. And he's like, no, that's not my heart at all. My heart is that I, would, I, I could do that and I have a right to do that. I could judge you, but that's not what I wanna do. What I wanna do is I wanna embrace you and I wanna be put back together with you. I wanna be reconciled with you. Therefore, Christ, the price, the pay, the sin, the bore, the cross, he's there. He's the one, he's the sacrifice so that I can say to all of you, I'm not counting your sins against you. Now, he has counted up our sins. He does know them all. He's aware of everything. He's not clueless to what's going on, but he's not looking for the moment to bring all of the sins to bear. He's looking for the moment to bring all of Christ to bear on our lives so that even in the midst of it, he could say, yeah, I know all your sins. I could, I could name them all back to you, every thought, every attitude, every action, everything you've ever done, but I'm not counting men's sins against them. That's so huge. And then look at the very next phrase. And he, God, has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Now what that means is, is that the gospel has two parts. What part one of the gospel is, I need grace. Anybody been there? I need forgiveness. I need mercy. I need somebody to bail me out. I need, I need help, right? I need grace. That's the first part of the gospel. And when you see Christ as an ocean of grace and you wade in, you know what I'm talking about? Where you're getting deeper and deeper and deeper. You're not in ankle deep. The gospel is not ankle deep, right? You're not standing there up to your toenails going, oh, this is fantastic. I really love and need the grace and mercy and forgiveness of Christ. No. You keep wading into the ocean until the ocean's up here and then you're swimming around. A guy wrote a cool song and the line in it that we all love says, if grace is an ocean, then we're what? We're all sinking. That's because there's so much of it. It's so vast. It's so deep. It's over our heads. It's way higher than anything we've done. You're not touching bottom. You're not going, oh man, I'm really awful. But if I push up, I can get up and go, look, I'm forgiven. But then I sink back down to how awful I am and then I push up. No, there's no bottom in the grace. There's no top in the grace. There's no sides in the grace. It's like you out in this endless sea of the grace of God, completely forgiven, completely washed clean, all debt, all wrong. It's all washed away. 
And we're in the ocean now. And that's the first part of the gospel. You say, I need help. I need a bailout. I need mercy. I need Christ. I can't, I can't make it back to a holy God. And you see this ocean called grace and you wade in and you go, this is amazing. This is deep. And now you're swimming in this ocean called grace. And then you come to the other side and there's another beach. And you walk out that beach and you go, wow. I, I just been in an ocean of grace. And when you come out the other side, guess who you are in that moment? You're now a messenger of that kind of reconciliation. As soon as you go in, you realize this is incredible. And when you come out, you go, oh wow, this, that, that's just incredible. And immediately you become a messenger. A little bit later in the text, it says, therefore we're God's ambassadors, as if God was, was talking to people through us and calling people through us to be reconciled to him. And so we go in, I'm forgiven, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we come out and we go, you hurt me and I will never, ever, 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 ever forgive you. You're like, that sounds weird, doesn't it? Because the ocean is so big that to come into it, yeah, we get that. Forgiven, but to come out of it is just as powerful, and it is to forgive. And it's all possible because of the last verse in this chapter, sort of this huge explosion of the gospel in one sentence, verse 21. For God made him who is Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God made Christ, who had no sin, to literally become our wrong, so that in Christ, all of us with all our wrong could not just be better people, but that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. That's the power of the gospel. So I wanna talk a little bit about forgiveness and I wanna just make a couple of comments, really just three simple things. And then I hope the Holy Spirit will kind of stir the gospel to life in us tonight and that you'll be able to both receive and to give forgiveness wherever it's needed for whatever hurts, whatever wrongs are still residing in your heart. The first thought or comment is this that forgiveness frees us for our future. And if you have something to write with tonight, I'd encourage you, I'm gonna give you a bunch of things right here at the end, but I encourage you just to write a few of these down. Forgiveness frees us for our future. See, part of the, the dilemma, you know, we're in a spiritual battle and there's an enemy in this battle and he's always feeding us false information and if we listen to him and believe in his tactics then we get caught up in these webs that he weaves, weaves for us and one of the, 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 the tactics and one of the lies is, hey, the, that person hurt you and the way you can hurt them back is by not forgiving them, by holding it against them, by by leveraging your sense of hurt towards them and against them, then you can hurt them and make them pay for what they did for you. Have you ever heard that before? Have you ever felt that thought before? That thought comes right from an enemy who's designing a plan to ensnare us and not to free us. Because here's the thing. If you think about 
that hurt. And in the process of thinking about what was done to you, what was said to you, the circumstance, and you kind of aim that toward that person with a sense of unforgiveness, you're thinking you're hurting that person, but in effect what you're doing is just completely limiting your own ability to walk into the future that God has for you. It seems like it would hurt them, but at the end of the day, it hurts us. It's kind of like, um, maybe just a little bit of a better visual picture for it. It's kind of like this. If you say somehow in your heart, you know, something's been done to me. And by the way, I'm not trying to belittle in any way the things that have been wrong, done wrong to us. Tonight is not about trying to minimize the pain. I just don't have... Uh, you know, a week to go person to person and say, tell us your story. But if we could, we'd all weep. We'd all shed tears. So, so I'm not trying to minimize the reality of what we felt. I'm just trying to help us see what's really going on in our lives. And as we say, you know what, I, I, forget about you. Who needs you? I'll never speak to you. I'll never forgive you. I'll never let that go. We, we feel like we're, we're dealing a blow, but what we're really doing is just holding on. And every time we say, if it's the last thing I do on this earth, I will never, ever forgive you. Every time we say that, we're replaying the wound and we're choosing to pitch our tent in the hurt. And when we do that, we don't realize it, but we're attaching ourselves to the past. And, and you may think, you know what? I, I love the Lord. I met somebody who's amazing. Um, I, I started going to this church. It was cool. I got in this small, small, small group. And all of a sudden, you're like, and it just resurfaces all over again. The fruit of it comes up all over again. It may burn a house down. It may burn a job down. It might burn you down. And at some point, something happens, and you think, you know what? I feel like you know, things are changing in my life. My circumstances are changing, and you try to you know, walk a little further away, and you can't. It's because this chain is called unforgiveness. This chain is not called hurt. This chain is called unforgiveness. And what unforgiveness does is it connects me. It, it links me to the past. And only when I understand that in Christ, I am a new creation. In Christ, I have a whole new life. I'm a whole new person. I've been in the ocean of grace for crying out loud. I've been swimming in 2,000 feet of grace. I've been in the Pacific Ocean of grace. I live in an ocean of grace. I've been completely forgiven, and I'm living with the forgiver. And I realize I've got power in my life. And I have the power to let go. And I have the power to speak the truth of God to the hurt of my past. And I have the power to speak what Christ spoke to me. And when I do, guess what? I'm free. I'm free. Was I hurt? Yes. Is gonna healing gonna have to happen? Yeah. But guess what? I'm free. And what I thought was hurting them, I just realized all that was doing was hurting me. And now by just speaking to them what was spoken to me, I'm free. 
I, Shelly and I left last Sunday night and went down to Florida for the uh, Endeavor launch. I don't know if you follow our lives or not, but we had been invited by some astronaut friends to go to the launch on the 29th of April. So we dutifully did, got there, got our little bus pass to go to the VIP viewing area. We were so excited. I cannot tell you, I was about to absolutely jump out of my body. And uh, we're in this line of a couple hundred people waiting to get on these buses to drive out to this place. And so we, we kind of didn't know how it works. So we got there a little bit late. So we're sort of toward the back of the line, which is fine because we're all getting on a bus and we're all going to the same place and nobody's worried. But as soon as we got on our bus, got our little pass, got our little button, we're all sitting there. We're happy. We're smiling. We're so fired up. A uh, guy gets on the bus and he goes, the uh, launch has been scrubbed. And we're like, like for an hour maybe, they're going to work on something for 15 minutes. And then you get off the bus. I'm like, get off the bus. Yeah, and all the other buses start coming back. And he says, you can go to the visitor center. You can do this. Go to the gift shop. You can watch one of our deals. But it's pretty much not going to happen. And then one of our astronaut friends that's actually been out working with the astronauts gives us a little text and lets us know it ain't going to happen today. So you can go about your business. And we're like, bummer. And uh, so they rescheduled it for uh, another time, then they changed it, then they changed it, then they changed it. They finally rescheduled it for la uh, last Monday at 8.56 uh, a.m. That's good timing, don't you think? Two launches in the span of about 16 hours in two different states, but we were committed. We were already in at this point uh, to go into the launch, so we headed down there. I'll just show you a couple of little pictures really fast. Uh, this is a pretty funny, by the way. There's a website of official photographs for the STS-134, which is the Endeavor mission, and uh, that's what it looks like, the space shuttle Endeavor you can go. And those are pictures of the uh, spacewalk that happened uh, this morning. They're kind of loaded up constantly. If you're into space and you're a geek, uh, then you can go look at these cool things and track what's going on. What I want you to notice is they're just scrolling down here. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Right in the middle of all these amazing astronaut, you know, shuttle, space photos, um, somewhere down the road. I don't know if they'll get there or not, but eventually, we'll just keep watching, seeing what happens. Still scrolling. Well, we missed it. Do you know what we were looking for? Do you know what we were looking for? You do? We missed it. Where, where is it? I, I can't see it. Oh, it's over there. Yeah, that's the crazy one right there. Can you see that one right there? Can we just click on that? Isn't that cool? We got right in the official... NASA shots. You know how that happened, by the way? Because we're just hanging out after the launch, and I tweeted a, a best wishes to the Endeavor crew, and Shelly thought, you know, that's my husband, the geek, you know, who's always tweeting the nice, polite, correct, politically correct thing, because I'm a pastor, and I can't say what I think on Twitter uh, most of the time, but um, <laughs> my wife can, and so then she tweets right after me. She says, launch was great. I know she says, it's, it's on the, uh, you can't see it. If you could click on the thing, her caption is still on there, but it says, STS-134, um, the launch was cool, but my date was hot. <laughs> what? Some of you are looking at me funny. I was a date. You're like, who is she with? Me. <laughs> and so as soon as she did, this thing picks up anything that says STS-134. So it picked up her tweet and put us right in the middle of the launch day rolling photographs on the official NASA 134 site. And so that was us. That was cool. But if you look down uh, just a couple of uh, pictures below. These guys know which ones we're going to. I just want to show you kind of what, what we saw that morning. Yeah, that one right there looks pretty cool. Um, there goes Endeavor off on its final mission uh, into space. And there was one more right next to it that was pretty happening as well. Beautiful. And so that's worth getting up for right there. That's worth no sleep, traveling all night, hanging out to see that. But if you don't know what went wrong, can I just give you a little thumbnail sketch? I know some of you couldn't give a rip about any of this stuff, but just bear with me for a second. What went wrong on the first launch we found out while we were on the bus and it scrubbed was a little circuit went out. A circuit 
Now, I don't know what that is really, and you don't either, but I know it's little, and you know it's little, <laughs> right? I mean, there's electricians here and other smart people, and they know what circuits really do, but I don't really know what they do. I know that things go on or off because of them, and if they're broken, they don't go on, and you have to get them fixed or switch them back and flip them to your circuit get broken, you know, and I'm like, I don't know, I guess so. And so that's how, yeah, about, about as much as I know. I found out it was a little circuit. The space shuttle, up until now, there's this uh, new uh, super collider that's been built in Europe that they say might be the most advanced uh, machine that's ever been built, but up to that time, the space shuttle was the most advanced thing and may still be that's ever been built. No one knows how many moving pieces are on it, how many parts are on it, but it didn't go off because a little switch in this, um, this thing, we, we heard it was um, this little um, auxiliary power, the APU, and uh, in the aft load controller assembly. And so I started doing a little research because I wanted to know what that was all about. It turns out, uh, maybe we'll show you a picture of it. They ended up taking it out of the thing. So here's, here's kind of what they took out of the shuttle. These guys had to go in there and take that out. Now, I know that doesn't look like NASA, but a friend of mine at NASA said, I want you to see him taking the uh, aft load controller assembly out. And I'm like, those guys work for NASA? Really? Seriously? I mean, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> so here are the guys taking the thing out. In the next shot, um, they're actually in the shuttle taking the thing out. See the box sitting there? Well, close up of the box so you can kind of see what's going on with it. And so they get this box out and they got to figure out what's going wrong with it. They got three of these in there and they're all three running about seven different circuitries and they're running all this amazing stuff that if it doesn't work so that so one of the little circuits somewhere in there goes wrong. So they have to get this schematic out and they get this grid out so they start testing themselves to figure out how to narrow it down to what it was. And at the end of it, can I just read you, I won't read you the whole five page description of what went on, but can I just read you the very end because this is fascinating. A lot of you want to get uh, the message later so you can hear this over and over with your families. Following its removal from from Endeavor's aft, the failed ALCA-2 box was brought to the National Shuttle Logistics Department, which is NLSD, for failure testing and analysis. According to engineers, engineering sources, the incoming, here's what was going on, the incoming functional testing on the removed ALCA-2 was completed with errors. There's your problem. That word is your problem. However, there were some issues obtaining a priority, a printout to verify the errors. A manual test with breakout boxes was then performed. This test verified, quote, a 0-04 V small DC on pins five and 10 on J10 should have been approximately 27 uh, VDC. This confirming, confirmed troubleshooting data performed while the box was still installed on Endeavor and indicated a failed component within the LRU, that's the line replaceable unit, was then removed and a visual inspection performed which revealed no immediate an an anomalies other than the expected, here it comes, blown driver. There's your circuit. Module A49, there it is, calling it out right here and right now, was removed and bench testing on the SRU verified the type three driver, the upstream common driver was bad. This confirmed the suspect condition failure mode, but did not confirm if the driver failure failed under load. Likewise, Wednesday mornings, blah, 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 blah. So at 8.56, this is what happened. It's pretty awesome. This won't do it justice. Seven, this is six, Zero and liftoff for the final launch of Endeavour, expanding our knowledge, expanding our lives in space. Houston Endeavour, roll program. Roger roll, Endeavour. Houston is now controlling. Endeavour beginning to uh, pull over onto a 
towards that the roll program underway as endeavor begins the heads down position on course for a fifty one point six degree one hundred thirty six by thirty six statute mile orbit that's so cool yeah we did that that's pretty cool Nobody in Bahrain launching any shuttles. Uh, we did that. No, no, nobody's doing that. We did that. It's pretty cool. That thing went off because they fixed that thing. <laughs> Men went into space because of that thing. And see, you, you may not think that whatever it was was all that big a deal that you just can sort of sweep it under the bed and keep putting veneer on top of it and, you know, it's not gonna hold you back because you're gonna do your thing, right? It's not gonna hold you down because you're gonna be whoever it is you're gonna be. And what you don't realize is, is that God has intended for you to lift off, man. I'm talking about off the ground. I'm not talking about two inches off the ground. I'm talking about to soar into space. But you're not getting there because you're not willing to look at that little thing which maybe is a really big thing, maybe it's bigger than that box they pulled out, maybe it's bigger than the shuttle, or maybe it was just a little thing, who knows? Sometimes unforgiveness starts small and it exponentially gets bigger and bigger over time. Sometimes it starts huge and just gets bigger and bigger over time. But God's plan is for you to go farther than you've dreamed of and to go farther, you have to dig down into MEP and you have to be able to speak to the past and to the person, the same truth, the same grace that God has spoken to you. Just another thought really fast, to say to someone you're forgiven, it doesn't erase the process of accountability. Because some of you are gonna get stuck tonight and you're gonna say, I'm not forgiving them because they ought to pay. They should pay, they should pay. They should have to deal with the consequences and if I forgive them, they're not gonna deal with the consequences and they gotta deal with the consequences. Oh, hello, if you don't forgive them, you are chained to them. You are chained to the past. You are stuck back here at the place you do not wanna live out your life. If you do forgive them, then you're free to move forward into the future and that process does not change accountability. You may be a part of the accountability. They, they may go to jail for all I know. They may need to go to court. There may need to be some recompense, some, some payback. I don't know how all that works out at the end of the day in your unforgiven situation, but I do know this. I know that with God and in the hands of God, everybody gets what's coming to them. And we don't celebrate that. We're not walking around going, I'll tell you what, I forgive you. I so forgive you. I just want you to know I've come to the point out of the ocean of grace. I walked up on a new beach and I wanna forgive you because I'm so excited that one of these days God is gonna give you every single thing you've got coming to you. I forgive you. Oh, I hope it is a rapture today. And I hope I'm eating lunch with you when it happens. <laughs> Forgive you. You're forgiven. Yeah. Sure enough, I forgive you. It's good. No, I'm good. No, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. I don't need to see a counselor. I'm okay. 
all right? Shut up, I don't wanna talk about it. I'm fine, really, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. Can't you see that I'm fine? I don't know what your problems are. What your problem is? I'm fine. Me and that pole <laughs> and this chain, we're fine. Yeah. See, here's the thing. Uh, verse 10 in this chapter, you, you want to write this down. It says, for we must all, isn't this awesome that this kind of comes before on the front load is a whole future? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now, I don't rejoice in that because I've been in an ocean of grace and I'm so glad that I get to stand in Christ dressed in his righteousness on that day. Otherwise, I'd be obliterated in a heartbeat. And I'm not gonna take a lot of pleasure in watching somebody else get obliterated on that day because of what they've done to me because I and them could have been obliterated in the same heartbeat if it weren't for the righteousness of Christ that he clothed me with. But I do have peace down in my heart that when I've been wrong, there is going to be a day when everything is made right. And so it may not happen. We may not go to arbitration. We may not go to a counseling together. We, there may not be a reconciliatory moment here. Everything might not get be put back in the way that it should get put here. But trust me, it's gonna get put back. And while I'm not rejoicing in that and holding that over your head, because I was in the same boat. It gives me peace to know that when I forgive you, that I'm not erasing the process of accountability where justice comes for all. So how do you forgive? I want you to write these things down. And it's not a formula, it's just some things I want you to chew on. Number one, you start with Jesus, that's how you forgive. You don't start with the person, you don't go back to the date, you don't go back to the wrong. To forgive, number one, you start with Jesus and you go to the cross and you look up to the cross of Christ. That's how you forgive. You, you, you can't forgive by going and looking the person in, there, in the eye. You start by looking Christ in the eye and you see what he's done for you and you receive what he's done for you. That's how this whole thing got flipped upside down. We know that uh, the model prayer that Jesus prayed, he said, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who ha have debts against us or forgive us our trespasses, if you've ever been on somebody's property, and as we forgive those who trespass against us. It was a small joke. But, um, th but then the gospel, the cross, flips that upside down and it changes it this way in Ephesians 4. And you, the, whole, the whole passage is amazing, but just down to the very end, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness. Now this is the new you. This is how you do this. If you look back up a few verses, this is the new creation. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice, and be kind and compassionate to one another. Look, forgiving each other, just as Christ, as God in Christ forgave you. So I start my process with Jesus and I'm locked onto him and I'm receiving how in Christ God has forgiven me. Now if you didn't have much to be forgiven for, you're not gonna be a good candidate for forgiveness and a whole lot of other problems in life. 
But if you knew you had a lot to be forgiven for and you knew that you received all the forgiveness that you need, you're gonna be a really good candidate for forgiveness for the people who've wronged you in your life. So you start with Jesus. The second thing, um, you locate the wrong. Now, I know this sounds a little mumbo-jumbo, but just stay with me. You gotta locate where the hurt is. You say, well, I know where it is. It happened on September the 3rd, uh, 2006, at about 4.08 in the afternoon in a Wendy's parking lot in a Ford Explorer that was green, that was running, and the radio was on, and U2 was playing. Where the streets have no name, I remember exactly, and my window was down about this far. See, you can get back to that place pretty quick. But here's the thing, that's not where the hurt is. The hurt is on the cross. The hurt has been absorbed into the body of Christ. That the pain of it all, of the wrongs that we have done and the wrongs done to us, they're all there. That's why 1 Peter 2.24 says that by his stripes we are healed. Why? Because in his wounds, that's where all the wounds are. And all the hurt is in his hurt. All of our wounds and all of our hurt and all of our wrongs were put into his wounds and his hurt and his wrongs and that's where they are. And that's an important component before you can forgive somebody, you've got to locate where that hurt is. And if you still think it's in here or back there or in that moment or in that place, then then you're never going to break free of it until you can see it's in Christ and it's on the cross. And I'll tell you why, because the enemy's not going to let you go. If the enemy has had this chain on you for a month or six years or 15 years or for your whole lifetime practically, you think he's going to go, wow, so glad you went to Passion City Church and glad you got rid of that thing. Congratulations. And I hope you have a fantastic life, becoming more of the image of Jesus Christ. Go for it, man. I'm with you. No, he's going to come right after you. He's going to come right on the heels of this and go, man, for real, for real. And he's going to take you back to that place. And your emotions are going to freak out. And all of the pain is going to come rushing back in. And you're going, I don't know if I really forgave him or not. I thought I did, but I'm not even sure I wanted to. And if you can locate the wrong, and it's not back there, and it's not back when, it's up there, and it's on him, then when the enemy comes, you can just put your eyes on Jesus and put your eyes on the wounds that he bore for you and for everyone. And there's freedom in that. Check it out. When Jesus died, what did he say? He said, it is finished. In other words, I've paid the price. And then you know what he did? He took a survey of all the people down below the cross to see how they felt about it. Do you feel forgiven? How about you? Excuse me, excuse me, I just forgave you. Do you feel differently at all? No, you don't. You still gonna, oh, thank you very much. I guess not, that was really awesome. How about you, bro? Do you feel any different? How about, do you feel different? You feel different? No, as soon as he said it is finished, what did he do? He lifted up his eyes and he said, into your hands I commit my spirit. He looked up when it was done. And when you forgive someone, you gotta look up. You can't keep looking back. You gotta look up. And when the enemy comes and says, oh, really, really, really? You just forgave him? You just forgave him? You just forgave him? Well, you just said, I forgive you? Really? He's gonna come and rip your head off. And when he does, you gotta say, really, I did. And you wanna know why? Just get your little beady, little accusational eyes up on that cross right there and look at what Christ absorbed. That's why I did it. And he'd be like, oh, okay, gotcha. Down the row, 
You know anything about anything? You don't? Okay, great. <laughs> Squeeze the life out of you. You ever heard of the cross? You don't know the cross? Oh, great. You just been to church and repeat some things you heard somebody say? Great. You don't know anything about scripture? Awesome. I'm gonna gouge your eyes out. <laughs> I'm gonna put you under with shame and guilt and condemnation. But if you know that you're free and you know that others are free and that you can live in that freedom, I got no hold on you because the cross is more powerful than anything. Just quickly, the last of these Number three, you gotta release unconditionally. Why? Because that's how Christ released you. He didn't say, I forgive you on that cross. Oh, by the way, here's a couple things you're gonna have to get straight first. No, he said, I forgive you. It's finished. And that's the way we release others. It's not if you'll go to counseling, if you'll get in rehab, if you'll pay me back, if you'll admit it, I'll forgive you, no, I forgive you. That's the way I was forgiven and that's the way I forgive. The fourth thing is speak it, share it. Go to somebody and tell them what you've done. See, this gets complicated, I won't dive all down into it, but some of the people who've wronged you, they know they've wronged you and they've actually told you I wronged you and they've asked you to forgive them and you said I'm not doing it. And so that's not gonna be a hard one for you to go back to them and say, you know when you asked me to forgive you and I told you never, like ever, like on my grave? Well, God's changed my heart and I forgive you. But there are other people who've wronged you and it's cloudy. They don't think they've wronged you. And so for you to go back and say, I just wanted you to know I forgive you. And they're like, yeah, well, blank you because I don't even, didn't even do anything to you. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. I might've forgiven you in the past, but I'm thinking I'm about redialing the forgiveness right now. <laughs> Instead of forgiving you, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> so go to somebody if it's not appropriate as a first step to go to the person who's wronged you, a trusted friend, and say, I just wanna tell you something. Don't do it over email, don't do it over text, don't do it on Facebook, don't do it on Twitter. Do it human to human if that's possible. I know it's weird. But go to coffee with them <laughs> and say, do you have 30 minutes to go to coffee with me? I wanna share something with you. I've never told you this before, but I was really hurt. And God has done such an amazing thing in me and I actually forgave them. And I just needed to speak that out and tell somebody. It's powerful, those words. And those words will lead you to a place that you can speak it to the people you need to speak it to, but that might not be the first step. And for somebody, that may never be the step. They're not even with us anymore. And so there won't be that release. The release has to come from the love of God. Fifth thing, don't wait. We already talked about looking up. Don't wait for them to come back. Don't stand there going, so is there anything you'd like to say? <laughs> There's not? Really? You jerk. You're a bigger jerk than I thought you were. I came all the way over here to forgive you and you are still a jerk. <laughs> but I'm fine. I'm all right. Don't wait. Just say, I forgive you. Thanks for letting me share that. Hope you have a great week. And then roll on. Why? Because you're going forward and not backwards. You're going up and not down. You're going into the new, not into the old. 
And you don't need to wait around for anybody to give you permission to go on with your life because you've spoken truth to the hurt and you walked into the future. And the last thing is this, you gotta replace it. You gotta replace it. So you can't just walk away with this hole in your heart. You gotta replace that hole. You gotta realize something just went out of you. And you gotta, gotta realize you got this big gaping hole where this thing had been festering all this time. And, and God went, okay, that's out. And you're like, oh my gosh, I got a hole in me. <laughs> you do. And so you gotta put stuff back in that hole. And ultimately, this is the biggest miracle of all. God can put in that hole. I know this is crazy love for that person. You say, how do you know that? Because God did that for God. God took out his wrath and put in love for me in the place of what should have been just hatred for me. And if he could do that for him, I know he can do it for me. And so eventually he'll replace it with that. But in, in the meantime, you can just replace it with a love of the cross and a love of grace. Isn't that awesome? That you got this big hole in my heart and you go, well, look at that. that. That hole right there, that used to be full of this festering, awful past. This wound that just never would leave me, but it's gone now. And look at it, it's a big hole of grace. This is a big hole of the grace of God because without the grace of God, that would have never happened. God, I just praise you for your grace. Without your grace, this would have never happened. I am in the ocean. I walked in and I walked out. I've been washed into grace in the ocean and I'm carrying the ocean. This is amazing. I love the cross. And everybody you see that week, you're like, I love the cross. I love the cross. And they're like, I do too. I do too. I do too. You're like, no, really, I do. I'm talking about exclamation point. I'm talking about 2 Corinthians 5, 17 in all caps with exclamation points. I love the cross. The cross is powerful. And people are like, well, thank you. Would you please just pipe down? No, I'm not gonna pipe down. You see this big hole right here? This is a big grace hole right here that was made possible because of the love and mercy of Jesus Christ. And I never loved him more than I love him now because I used to have this chain on me and it's gone and I'm, I'm going future. I'm going forward. I am finding myself thinking less and less of what they did to me and more and more of what Christ did for me. Yeah. And something's new. Something has changed. And all of a sudden, it's not just words on a page that we come and read. It's living power of God in me. I'm telling you, it is a miracle to go in the ocean. And it's a miracle to come out of the ocean. And one of the reasons why we want to forgive people who've hurt us is because it shows how powerful Jesus is. The longer I go not forgiving you, the more I'm boasting in me. And the second I say, I forgive you, I lift up Jesus for the whole world to see because people are gonna look back over you at that coffee and they're gonna go, how are you doing that? And you're gonna go, I know. Dude, it's a miracle. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. So we've got two uh, jars here tonight. And one of them got a little sign I'm going to place over it that just says, God, forgive me. And it's a place for anybody in the building to come tonight who's made it all the way to this point in life and never yet received. You're forgiven. Your shame, gone on the cross. All the blame, gone on the cross. All the guilt, gone on the cross. Forgiven. And it's a place for anybody to come tonight to take hold of what God in Christ has already done for you. The other jar on the other side 
appropriately over here with this guy. It just says, I forgive you. Possibly the three most powerful words you're ever gonna speak on this earth. Because these are the words that are gonna free you from the past and allow you to walk into the future.